What word are we not going to say anymore? Shit. Who, who's allowed to say that word? Grown-ups. Grown-ups, that's right. Live from Bernie, Texas, this is episode 42 of the Dadgum Podcast. My name is Kyle Banduho, and I am not here with my buddy Pete Hart. Pete and his lovely wife are uh, taking some well-deserved time to themselves, uh, traveling through through Europe. I think they've, they've been in Italy. Uh, I asked Pete about getting the Pope to come on one of our episodes. Uh, he, he's going to get back to me on that. But um, yeah, we're doing a, a dadgum solo episode today. Wanted to uh, keep up with our with what's going to be our every two weeks on Tuesdays routine uh, coming up, so yeah, here on uh, on Dad Gum, we talk about fatherhood, dad lifestyle, um, you know, really all things dad. Uh, you guys know that. Uh, before we get going, I just want to remind you people to, uh, you know, listeners to subscribe. Follow us on our social media accounts. That's at uh, Dad Gum Podcast on Instagram, at the Dad Gum Pod on Twitter. Um, you know, we're always, uh, you know, always posting about that, that dad content and, uh, yeah, so you know, I'll, I'll get right into it uh, with, with some this week in parenthood, since it's just me. Uh, you know, referencing one of those social media accounts at Dadgum Podcast on Instagram, uh, I posted a tweet of mine, um, something that that my weird kid did uh, did this past week. He, you know, I, I've talked before on this podcast that he's not the most adventurous eater. Um, you know, we, we've talked, Pete's kid is very adventurous. Mine is not. He doesn't really like to try things. Uh, you know, he, he sticks to his routine. Uh, we got hot dogs, we got chicken tenders, we've got mac and cheese, we've got fries, we've got fruit, we've got peas and carrots, and that's about it. Uh, and, and green beans, as, as I'll discuss here in a minute. We've got green beans, but he, uh, he really likes to stick to his guns. We have trouble getting him to try things which makes his move this past week so perplexing and so gross. Uh, he and I and my lovely fiance were sitting down for dinner, and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that he dropped a green bean into his milk, which, like, kids, you know, kids do weird stuff like that with their food sometimes. But I look at him, and I'm like, did you just drop, drop a green bean in your milk? And he looks at me and smiles and said, yeah, I wanted to see what it, you know, what it tasted like. And... I was pissed because I just assumed that he was done with both his green beans and his milk and was just like fucking around. And so I said, you're going to try, you know, you're going to drink that milk. You're going to finish that milk just to, you know, reinforce it. If you're going to play around, you're going to have to live with the, uh, the, uh, the consequences. And he said, okay. And he, he takes a big sip and he said, oh, wow, this is good. You know, like, like a complete liar. And, uh, it it just blew my mind. Uh, it's a it's another thing that kids are just so so strange. You know, we try we bring him, you know, we we try to get him to try. He won't eat grilled cheese. Grilled cheese is one of the best foods. If you don't like grilled cheese, then let you know either you have some sort of intolerance to dairy, or we need to fight because grilled cheese is amazing. And he won't try that, but he'll you know he'll do this weird thing with his green bean into his milk. I mean, just think about doing that yourself. He'd probably throw up. And, uh, you know, it, it was something funny, uh, you know, everyone liked it on Twitter and, uh, and Instagram, so that was good, but, you know, it, it just, just blew my mind, really. As for what else, uh, we've got going on, Easter's coming up, and, uh, much like with, with how he, he takes food and, and trying new foods, 
he's kind of the same way with clothing. Uh, he, my, my son is very, um, very set on what he likes to wear. Uh, it is t-shirts and shorts and jeans and that's about it. Uh, he, you know, getting him to try stuff on is a hassle. Uh, you know, I don't know if, uh, if any of you listeners out there having, you know, kind of the same problems with your kids, but it can definitely be frustrating. So that's why, you know, with Easter coming up, uh, we're, uh, we're going to go visit my fiance's family and go to, you know, what should be a a fairly nice Easter brunch or or Easter meal or something like that. And I'm, uh, I'm staring at, at stuff in his ass in a, in a button up or even like a a little child suit. I don't know. We haven't really decided on, on what's going to have to go down, but it's, it's got me with a little bit of parenting anxiety. I'm kind of nervous about you know, getting up in front of her family. It's the first time we've really, you know, had to dress up or or go out and do anything nice. And I'm really hoping that I'm not going to have to fight a battle here in in getting him to wear something nice. It's a lot of it is my own fault. You know, from an early age, I should have gotten him accustomed to wearing polos and wearing button ups and stuff. And and he'll wear a golf polo, but only because it, it means he gets to go golfing. But, uh, you know, I didn't, I went with, uh, with comfort and convenience over fighting any sort of battle. So, um, I, you know, I'm really, uh, really going to pay for that now. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed for me coming up here in a couple weeks with that. But, you know, I, I think we've picked out a, uh, a shirt for him to wear and, you know, uh, uh, do, do my absolute best to get him in it. Uh, you know, if anyone else, if anyone has, uh, any suggestions for how to get your kids to try on new stuff, stuff that might not be comfortable to them that's short of like, hey, I'm going to buy you, you know, a new big ass toy. Uh, definitely, you know, holler at me with them on uh, on Twitter, or Instagram or anything. Um, you know, I would I would love to hear some advice and how maybe how you can get your kids to wear stuff they don't like or how your parents did any sort of, you know, I'll, I'll take any sort of tip or trick on this one. Um yeah, but but moving on, uh, the last two this week in parenting things are really having to do with uh, my son's dual youth sport career. Um, he's like a uh, he's like a little Bo Jackson right now with soccer and football or soccer and baseball. Except um, he's not really good at either, like Bo Jackson was. But uh, we had a little discipline problem with uh, with soccer. Um, I'll get into this in a little bit as far as how I try to act as a sports parent. But, you know, as far as the game goes and everything and actual performance, I try to, you know, be very hands off that that's coach's job. But when it comes to discipline and his behavior, if there's something that I see that is not acceptable, you know, I'll uh, I'll I'll step in. Um, And and that's something that happened uh, happened this weekend. There's a uh, there's a kid on his team. I'm not. I don't want to throw the kid completely under the bus, but he's a bad influence. Um, you know, he's a he's a spitter. He he likes to spit. He's spitting a couple kids' hair at practice before. It's gross. And uh, but my my kid picked up the habit, and he was on the sidelines uh, at his game the the other day and you know I saw him you know spit on the ground a little too coach close to the assistant coach's foot and the assistant coach had to get into you know get into his grill and tell him to stop spitting which I was completely fine with it's gross it's a nasty habit it's a nasty thing for a kid to do so um you know I was fine with that and then he he responded to that by stopping but then getting on you know sitting on the bench and just kind of acting like a just a you know, he, he basically reacted. It, it, you know, sometimes you see people um, 
turn up their behavior a little more brashly when they get challenged. And he kind of reacted in that way, which is, it was disappointing and it was frustrating because as a parent, you don't want, I don't care if my kid's not the one scoring goals. I don't care if he's striking out, but I do care if he's behaving poorly and that's out, you know, front for everyone to see. And so he was on the bench and kind of being loud and very obnoxious and, and just doing things that, that generally were embarrassing to me and you know needed to be fixed. And I wasn't going to make the coach continue to discipline my kid. That's not his job. You know, it's not like he's his high school soccer coach or high school baseball coach or something. Like he's just he's just a parent who's you know trying to play babysitter and trying to you know worry about a bunch of kids he doesn't really know. So I had to walk. You know, I walked over there and I you know basically got in. You know, I didn't I didn't yell at him or anything, but I got you know kind of close in his face and intense, and I told him you know basically to quit his shit um you know i just told him you know that i'm i was very upset with with hearing about him spitting i don't ever want to hear him spit again if you know if we do we're gonna leave the game uh and you know his job while he's on the bench is not to stand up and and be loud and be obnoxious and and be you know yelling at people it's to focus on the game and and watch your friends and cheer on your team and be a good teammate and uh I, I was pretty happy he behaved well the rest of the game. It kind of, you know, kind of snapped him up. I told him, uh, you know, he went and apologized to the other coach. So that was good. But, um, yeah, I, I just got to say it was really frustrating. And, and honestly, it's embarrassing when your kid does something like that in front of all these people. I mean, obviously, you can't control how your kid behaves a lot of the times. They're just going to do, you know, weird stuff or embarrassing stuff. But, it, you know, it wasn't wasn't ideal. Um, it, it was about as, as upset as I've been at him in public in a while. Um, cause spitting's fucking gross, man. So it, that's something that, um, yeah, that, that, that's something that, I, you know, I'm hoping I don't have to deal with again. Uh, but last thing, and this will roll into the, the, really the one thing I'm going to talk about today. Uh, Wednesday night we had T-ball game and I, I, my sinuses has been killing me. I felt sick all day. Um, and I, I was really hoping the game was going to get rained out. It was cold. It was in the fifties and it's, it, you know, started, it was windy and started sprinkling and we get there and the game is still on and it's sprinkle. It, it's like a misting rain the whole time. And like the kids are fine. Kids like playing in rain and, you know, like getting dirty or whatever, but every parent was miserable and no parent was more whiny or more miserable than me. I'd felt sick all day. It was the last thing I wanted to do was to stand out with my way too tiny umbrella, get rained on. Um, you know, je- again, it was a, a misting rain. It was just enough to where it, it, it soaked like the pants I was wearing. Uh, it just made them damp and cold. And it, it was awful. There was no reason for a t-ball game. The, the one at the field adjacent to us was still going too. And there was just no reason for a t-ball game to still be going. It, it This is not a high school baseball game that matters for district standings or something. It was not a college game. It was not a professional game. It was a t-ball game. And yeah, sure, kids like playing in the rain and stuff, but we're lucky that no kids ended up sick. And we're lucky that no parents like me ended up sick. It was awful. I hated it. And that's why today I want to talk about, you know, I've spent, my my kids played soccer for about two years now. Uh, He's in his first t-ball season. I, I feel like I know enough to to know some changes I would make if I was running a local youth sports league. And so today I want to just, the, the one thing I'm going to talk about, we're going to have a short solo episode, but the one thing I want to do is the five commandments of running a youth sports league. If, if any 
youth sports commissioner, if I if I was appointed commissioner of the youth soccer league here or the baseball, the little league, which I, I wouldn't want to do because I would hate this, but I just I I hate being prepared, honestly. And I feel like that job would take a lot of preparation for very little payoff. But I've just got five things that every youth sports commissioner do. And I think youth I think of youth sports as like ages four to twelve. And then after that after that it's kind of different. But uh, the first commandment, and this kind of goes off what happened on Wednesday, always, always, always cancel due to inclement weather. Because, you know, we've always, we've all been disappointed when a baseball game gets rained out, like that we're looking forward to. Um, But that game is usually a professional game that you bought tickets for or something. We don't, parents don't care when a t-ball game gets rained out. And frankly, kids are going to be over it, you know, in, in a second. You know, we'll go to we'll go to an indoor playground or we'll go do, you know, something fun. No, you know, no parents need to be spending an hour to watch five-year-olds play with dirt and t-ball. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. And it, it also makes for a really bad, like, communication issue because you're trying to, you know, you're texting or emailing your team's coach. Are we playing? Are we not? People have to travel for these games, you know, sometimes, you, you know, 20, 30 minute drives. And, um, you know, I, if there's inclement weather and it's cold, that's, you know, rain, anything like that, just bite the bullet and cancel the game. This isn't the Super Bowl. You can do a makeup or if you don't, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect, you know, the, the college scouts aren't coming to see these kids at this game. We've got to play. It's just, it's fine. Cancel the game. Don't be, you know, don't, don't make this too hard. The second commandment of running youth sports league is uh, ban overly critical parents. Parents who are openly critical with their child about the performance at the field need to be thrown directly into the sun. Uh, this is parents who are heard giving critiques like "stop swinging at the high pitch" or "throw strikes" or "you need you know even like you need to play better." Uh, ban those parents for the season. Make them sit out. Uh, you, you ban those parents and you appoint an encouraging parent in their place for that child for the rest of the, uh, you know, for the, for the rest of the season sports parents. Like if you need to discipline discipline, if you're in the situation I was in where your child is legitimately misbehaving and there, there's a reason to get on them for behavior that's unacceptable by all means. I, I think that's appropriate. That's, that's when you can go maybe go over to the dugout. Cause don't, don't expect these, these coaches to raise your, your young kids. But youth sports are about building your children up and providing guidance to adversity. And no child or any athlete needs anyone to reinforce the fact that they just failed. Think about when you were playing sports, when you struck out or when you you know let the ball get stolen from you and the other team scored a goal or something. You knew. You didn't feel good about it. You don't need your parents to give you shit about it after saying, oh, you really, you know, you really fucked up when you let the team you know, steal that ball from you. Um, new sports need to be all about encouraging. One thing that that I was told uh, by a sports psychologist when I was in college is a way after any performance to kind of evaluate yourself is talk about what I did well and what I'm going to work on next time. And I think that's something that that is a good thing for parents to keep in mind with their kids. You know, tell them what they did well, even if what they did well, and this is kind of the case for my kid when he's playing soccer. Hey, what you did well was you're a good teammate. You cheered on your team. You know, you high fives your friends after they scored goals. That's a great thing. I mean, that's a valuable thing. It's a good thing to learn. You know, what you're going to work on is, you know, kicking the ball. Why don't you work on, 
you know, work on getting to the ball faster or something, something that's productive, give them, give them a goal to work on, but you know, don't, don't drag down these kids. And that's why, you know, you see it all through, you know, I saw it all through little league baseball is parents getting pissed at their kids for failing. And like that, it already sucks to fail. Don't, don't make it uh, increase. So if I was, you know, if I was running a youth sports league, you ban critical parents, fuck those people. Um, something else is terrible. Picture day. I would eliminate picture day. At this point in 2019, picture day is a scam. And again, this is kind of a recent memory thing because we had had picture day this past week. But you, you know, you got to shell out 30 bucks for a little five by seven picture of your kid. And, you know, he's not going to smile. My kid didn't. And in a team picture, well, you know, you, you got to get to the game 30 minutes before to, to do it. It's a hassle. And it's something that it's archaic. It's something that you did when you were growing up for soccer, but that's because everyone's cameras were massive and you, you know, it wasn't just easy to, Hey, grab the team up and get a picture. You know, it, it, it made more sense. Um, now, you know, pictures should just be one day after a game parent with the newest iPhone just hits a, hits a picture of the team in portrait mode and boom, it takes two minutes and you know, you're all done. Uh, you know, there's no reason that you as parents should have to come and, shell out a ton of money for a semi-professional photographer to take pictures with their nice camera that, you know, it's it just, it's stupid. Uh, it's, there's no way I'm, I'm sure I openly complained about it this past weekend, but like, why am I showing up to the game 30 minutes beforehand to get this picture? that's going to cost me a lot of money when someone's iPhone could take a far better picture. So that, that's my third commandment, eliminate picture day. But hindsight, fourth commandment, or you know, foots on the other shoe, the fourth commandment, these these photographers that you're putting out of business, you could hire them back. Fourth commandment, hire photographers or videographers or just even teenagers with nice phones to come take pictures at youth sports games and take videos. You could work in, you know, a five or ten dollar picture fee to the league fee. And I don't think any parent would complain that there's someone there taking good pictures and good videos of your kids so you can put down your phone and actually appreciate watching your kid play the game. Because, I mean, I've done the thing where, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get a picture or a video of my kids scoring a goal or doing something cool. And you really kind of, you lose the ability, you don't appreciate as much just enjoying watching your kid play when you're watching it through your phone screen in front of your face. You do want those memories and you want, you know, Honestly, a lot of parents, you want to be able to put it on your Instagram story or, you know, a picture of your kid or, you know, I, I send, I have an email for my kid that I send pictures and videos to as, as kind of a, a scrapbook. So, you know, I, I want to have those videos, but it, it makes it tough when you're, you're trying to film and you can't just appreciate watching your kid. So, you know, build in a small fee to, you know, Hey, we're going to have a, a teenager who needs a, needs a job with their nice iPhone or nice camera or whatever, taking pictures and, and taking videos on the field, and they'll be uploaded to a Facebook or a Dropbox or something after the game, and you can get your videos and stuff then, and you can put your phone in your seat and, and actually watch your kid. And then when your kid is on the bench, you can pull your phone out and browse Twitter or do whatever, because that's what I do. But um, that's fourth commandment. And uh, final commandment of running a sports league, no games before 9.30 a.m. Again, this could just be me complaining because our soccer games are 8.30 a.m. on Saturday mornings, but it's not ideal. I understand there's limited hours in a day. You have a lot of games that need to be played on these fields, a lot of age groups do you know do youth sports, 
But I will say that Saturdays and Sundays are, you know, a lot of the time, the only time that families get to sit down to breakfast and just kind of enjoy each other's company in the morning. You know, that's kind of how we are. Uh, my, you know, my fiance is out the door before seven o'clock every morning. Um, you know, when, when my son gets up, it's more, okay, we, we get up, we get some breakfast in him, get him changed, get him off to school. There's, you know, you're not really sitting around enjoying each other's company in the morning. Um, and Saturdays and Sundays are the only time that you really get to do that. And that gets thrown out the door when, you know, you've got to be, you got to leave for the soccer field at 750. Uh, you know, some, some people get up earlier than, than others, but in reality that you don't get a lot of time to enjoy your morning together. And, you know, when kids are older in their life, they'll live at athletic fields on the weekends, you know, with sunrise to sundown, you know, sometimes with travel, you know, driving five hours away. But kids are only young once, so we kind of just need to relax with games at the crack of dawn. It's just, it's not worth it. I would rather have a game later in the day than, you know, be up early. It just throws your whole day in a rut. It's it's tough. Um, you know, would I be... Would I have even thought of this if we didn't have the 8.30 games? Maybe not, but 8.30 is too early, and you know, give, give all families a, a chance to start their mornings right and not be thrown into this, you know, this hectic rat race of getting their kids to the field. So that's the five commandments of running youth sports league. If you guys have, uh, have other things you'd want to see in a youth sports league, other suggestions, Tweet us at him at the Dagum Pod, or you know, send us to him on Instagram, and we'll we'll shout them all out. Trust me, I'll I'll RT anything, any suggestion for running a a youth sports league. But as far as today's episode goes, that's you know that's about it. That's what I got. Uh, real quick, couple things coming up in the future. Uh, pretty soon, gonna have my fiance Jack Lawn an interview with uh, with Mrs. Dadgum about what it's like to date a single dad. We're gonna finally go into that. Talk about her experience in dating a single dad, what's been, you know, different than she thought, what's been easier, what's been harder, you know, how how having a child in the mix has affected our relationship. So that's something that we've talked about doing for a long time. And uh, we're going to do it here soon. Um, you know, Pete should be back this week, which means our next episode will likely have some Pete on it, which is great. Um, you can uh, make sure you follow him. Uh, at heart underscore attack on Instagram uh, because I, I think that's his Instagram. If not, just just find it. He's been posting some good Europe content. Um, but yeah, should should have Pete back, and then I promise we'll wrap up that uh, best part about having a kid bracket. Uh, I it com- I completely spaced last week and forgot that Pete was you know was leaving and going out of the country, so we didn't get a chance to record before he left. Um, also, you know, we've been we've been on our own feed for about two months now. Uh, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing so far. Let us know what you'd want to see out of a parenting podcast. Any uh, any reasonable guests that you'd like to see. You know, we're not going to get uh, McConaughey or anything. But if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, we're we're going to try to get a teacher on at some point. You know, this summer, uh, you know, school's out pretty soon, so. We're going to try to get a teacher on at some point uh, to you know, kind of talk about that. But if there's any single person or any profession you'd like to see, you know, let us know. Um, review, rate us on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play. You know, I, I assume you can, do, you can rate stuff on Google Play. I'm an iPhone boy. But yeah, just, uh, just share the pod. And again, any feedback you have, get us at the Dagum Pod on Twitter. 
at Dadgum Podcasts on Instagram, and then Dadgum Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that you know, same goes with listener questions. We'll get those. We'll start getting you know hitting those again when Pete gets back. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Banduho, and also um, as you know, I would assume most of you know now. I do a sports movie podcast called Trouble with the Script. This week, I've got Betsy Hudson from the Moms on the Loose podcast who we've had on here. Uh, she and I are covering the cheerleading classic Bring It On. So, uh, so subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time on Dadgum.